from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good good things, so that your your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all those who are oppressed. And I feel like, you know, this really is an encouragement from the Lord not to forget His benefits. It's just really what it was saying, you know, a praise for the Lord's mercies. And uh, He listed those things, forgiveness, healings, mercy, satisfaction of life, and renewal. That's just really what uh, David was trying to communicate. These are the benefits of the Lord towards the Lord's people. Forgiveness, healing, mercy, satisfaction of life, and renewal, spiritual renewal. Yet, many in the church are wounded. Many are dissatisfied. Many are struggling spiritually right now. If you go and listen to the church statistic people, they will tell you that the church in America is at an all-time low. The church in America is at an all-time low. And they got all these statistics to prove it. Even one of them is through Christian retailers, that the sales of Christian material is as low as it's ever been since they started really you know, watching those types of things. And it really shows an indication in America that there's a, the spiritual hunger in America is down here somewhere, you know. And that's really the state we find ourselves in. Yet the Lord, I believe, wants to heal. And I believe the Lord wants to encourage. And I believe the Lord wants to... Is, is, I believe we're living in a moment where there's an invitation from the Lord. Are you with me? I think there's an open door from heaven right now. And I, I, I feel like the Lord... There's this door that the Lord has opened. And there's an invitation from the Lord to come through that door. And it's not one of these kind of doors that if you don't go through this door, you know, you're going to miss God. That is not the heart that I hear from God. The heart is this. In faith, if you will step towards me and believe me, and as you start stepping towards God and responding to God, that God will heal you. As you step towards Him, God will renew you. God will, you know, bring satisfaction in your life where there's dissatisfaction. Do you hear what I'm saying to you this morning? And you see, God is, was already trying to do this this morning. God was already had started His process this morning of healing people and touching people. And I think it was really an encouragement from the Lord. You know, is this really real? Is this really God or is this just an experience that you have in church but you walk out the door and stay the same. You hear what I'm saying? That was really what the Lord was trying to challenge us about. Is this really me? Or are you going to you know, have this wonderful experience where you come before the Lord, but you walk out of here and, and you really do just keep acting the same old way? And the Lord's saying, don't do that. If you'll step towards me now, truly step towards me, I will do the things in your life that need to be done. Because we need healing. We really do need healing. Amen? And uh, let me just stop a minute and think for here a second. See if I want to do the rest of this. Okay? Because really, this morning, I didn't have a real message for you. That was my message right there. I just had a list of things that I saw that God wanted to heal us from. You know? And, and when I was going to just pray, Lord, 
uh, you know, as these things are said, if those are real in somebody's life, just let the Holy Spirit tell them that. And help them, you know, to receive healing. But I, I just want to pray. Lord, we just want to be sensitive to your Spirit. We don't want to just go on with our program, what we thought. And Lord, that's not what we're here for because we want, we want to, to walk where you're walking. What was that song, Take Me Back to the Cross? You know, how's that go where I first met you? To the place where we first met? Draw me to my knees so we can talk. Is that not what we're really after here? Is that God would draw us to our knees and heal us? What, What did somebody say? Somebody said, the Lord wants to heal the church this morning. Church needs healing. This church needs healing. This church needs healing. It needs healing. A lot of churches need healing. You hear what I'm saying to you? Let me feel your breath. Let me know you're here with me. Mm. So, Lord, we just ask you, Lord Jesus. We want to. Lord, I don't want to be a distraction. I want to be sensitive to you, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Jesus. Speak to us, Lord. Lord, we really don't want to walk out of here. We really do want to repent, Lord. We really do want to come back to a place of passion and fire. We don't want to walk out of here and go back to that same thing, Lord. It's just drawing us away, Lord. We really don't, Lord Jesus. We really don't. Thank you, Lord. God, help us, Lord. So I just believe there's an invitation from the Lord. It's an invitation. It's not, you know, if you don't do this, God, you know, is going to be mad. It's a grace invitation. It's all grace. It's the Lord's grace reaching out to us, crying out to us, to touch our hearts. Here's, here's one thing. I'm going to just do a couple and just see what I feel, and then I'll either bail out or you know, sit down and shut up, and we'll go on. So we're going to do communion, okay? Here's one thing we need to stop doing. We, we, we need to stop charging God with our pain. And this is what happens, I think, Psalm 88. I just got a couple of verses here. You don't have to look them up. It says, why do, Lord, why do you cast off my soul? Why do you hide your face from me? I have been afflicted and ready to die from my youth. I am I suffer your terrors. I am distraught or distraught means distracted. And if you look at the in your Bible it's probably got the title of that psalm as a prayer for help in despondency. Anybody feel despondent? You see what I'm saying? That's a that's a sign of sickness in you. And that despondency and distraction are fruits we reap in our life when we see only God's discipline. And God's deal in our life and not see His love and blessings. So, Lord, if there's anybody in this room that feels spiritually despondent, who are really distracted in their life, Lord, I pray You'd show them if it really is because they've only seen You and have a charge against You, an argument in their heart against You for pain in their life, Lord, that You'd convict them right this second, Lord, so they could get healed. You hear that? Here's another one. Healing from wrong expectations. If there's anything this church needs healing from is this. We've had a lot of expectations in this church for God to, to do something. 
As a matter of fact, I feel like God is just trying to encourage me about He really wants to do something. He wants to move afresh. And one of the arguments that I had in my heart, well, Lord, what if you don't? You know? I mean, you know, what? and not, I'm not worried about me, me looking like a fool, me being wrong. It's just, Lord, people are going to get crushed again. And I feel like the Lord said this, well, what, what kind of gospel do you have? I mean, do you have a gospel that gives people no hope? Do you want to just go back and keep saying the same old thing that really doesn't give people hope? Or do you want to tell people God wants to do something? Give them some hope. Give them something to latch on to. But we do have wrong expectations. And see, this was brought up during worship about our hearts burning. Uh, Tommy read this scripture. But we were hoping the road to Emmaus. We were hoping that it was He who was going to redeem Israel. That was the guys walking with Jesus on the road to Emmaus. We were hoping this man and their eyes were covered from, from knowing Him. So when their expectations were not met in the way they anticipated, the Lord Himself was just another guy wandering down the road with them. You see that? Because their expectations were not met in the way they thought. We thought God was going to do this. We thought God was going to do that. And yet God could be walking right next to you and you can't even see Him. You understand what I'm saying to you? Do you really understand? Because you have been crushed. Some of you's expectations have been dropped. It didn't work out. And the Lord wants to heal you from that this morning. Because the Lord could be walking right beside you and talking to you and you miss Him. You hear that? See, we lose hope and we lose touch with the Lord Himself. That's what happens. That's what's happened to a lot of you. And, and so, you know, ask the Lord when you're taking communion this morning to open your eyes as He did when He broke the bread with those men and they saw Him. Lord, open our eyes while we're taking communion. All those who you crush from wrong expectations. Are y'all with me on that? Do we need to keep going? I need to stop. I'll stop if you want me to, if you feel like I'm missing the Lord. Oh, here's a... <laughs> I got that. Here's a great one. You must totally forgive them. Y'all remember that? Most of you remember my little message on total forgiveness back in the early part of June. Those words constantly ring in my mind because I'm constantly having to forgive somebody. <laughs> but this is a scripture. And if you want that message, tell Brian, Brian Summers and he will email it to you. Because I'm not going to try to give you a whole message, but total forgiveness. Now, whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. For if indeed I have forgiven anything, I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ. Least Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. One of Satan's greatest access points to our life really is this, is not forgiven. That opens the gate of your life for Satan to come in. You hear that? And wear us out. So when, when we're wronged by somebody, it really does hurt. It hurts when we're wrong, doesn't it? But not forgiven keeps the wound open, which in, in, in step keeps the gate open for Satan. You got that? And there's somebody in here that needs to forgive. Back in the old days, when I was a young Christian, when they did communion in the church, it got real dead serious in there about relationships. And if there was somebody you had a, a, a division with relationally or somebody you were messed up with, and one of the things they wanted you to do is go to that person and get it worked out. See, we don't do stuff like that in the church no more. 
And I think it's got us to a very unhealthy state. Because what Becky said was the truth. The state of a church can be gauged, number one, do we really love the Lord? And number one, number two, do we love each other? You, you know, they will know we're Christians by our love for one another. It, and it's all supernatural. You hear that? Are y'all with me? You must totally forgive them. Third, are healings of, of wounds inflicted by the words of others. Proverbs 26, 22. The words of a talebearer or gossip are like tasty trifles, which literally means wounds. They go down into the inmost body. Sticks and stones may break your bones, and words will hurt you. You know, we used to say, and words will never hurt me, but they will hurt you. Words hurt, and they go down into you, and, and, and it's like a, a bullet that was shot into the body that starts just rattling around in there, just tearing you up on the inside. They will give you a destiny. Yeah. And the wrong, yeah, wrong words will give you the wrong destiny. Deep hurts are creating us when people speak against us. You may have forgiven them. You can truly forgive somebody for what they've said. But the wound still needs to be healed. You got that? The wound needs to be healed. That's what total forgiveness is all about. It doesn't, you know, you need to really go back and look at total forgiveness. Just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean you're healed. You got that? Is the Lord speaking to anybody? Yes. Healing, of, healing of wounds from rejection. There's people in this room who got this one. Luke 6, 22. Blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude. Anybody ever felt excluded? Anybody felt left out? And cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. So it does not feel good to be hated, disliked, or excluded. And when we're treated like that, we tend to do the same in return. And that's what really defiles us. You got that? Healing of wounds from rejection. See, every one of these things are releasing personal offense. Anybody offended in here this morning? Raise your hand if you're offended. I mean, raise your hand if you're not offended. Maybe that's really what we're to say. You know, but here's the truth. And many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. This is Jesus talking about the last days. Many will be offended. In other words, what he was saying... At the end, as the end of the age draws near, there's going to be a temptation to take offense. That's something the enemy's doing. And here's the truth. It's a strategy of Satan to divide us. And you find in the church world, many people leaving churches because they're offended about something. They're offended about, you know, they're looking for something to be offended by. It's the devil. It's not God. People should leave churches. I'm not suggesting that, but I'm not, I am suggesting to you, not suggesting, I'm telling you this morning, leaving a church because you're offended is not God, it's the devil. doesn't mean you're supposed, not supposed to leave, but you better have it right when you leave. Because it is going to come back to you. You'll go around the mountain again. It may take you a few years to go around the mountain, but you'll go back to that mountain again, and that same thing that's in you that's driving the offense is going to come back, and it's going to just manifest itself in a different way. This is something that Ken Helser said. The key to church is relationship. Big Ken the key to relationship is communication. The key to communication is honesty. See, we need to start getting honest with one another. We need to start learning. We need to start learning how to speak the truth in love, being graceful with each other. But we need to start getting truthful instead of letting offense settle in our heart and grow in our heart. You got that? Y'all with me? You can tell me to stop in the wheel. Giving our broken hearts to the healer. Zechariah 13. This is wonderful. And one will say to him, What are these wounds between your arms? 
Then he will answer, those with which I was wounded in the house of my friends. Now, that's a symbolic language. What's between your arms? Your heart. What's the wounds in your heart? The worst hurts are those inflicted by those closest to you. Is that right? Your friends, people you're close to, people you really feel like God's called you to be with, your family. And time and distance will, you know, cover the sting, but, you know, only God can heal our broken hearts. Are y'all with me? Anybody got any broken hearts this morning? Deliverance from discouragement and anger imparted to us by our parents. Colossians 3.21, Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. You want to discourage somebody in their life? Dad, Mom, specifically address the dads because they tend to do it more. And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. So, so discouragement and wrath, a lot of us are carrying that from our childhood. It's because when a children's hearts are tender, and if your parents were rough with you, yelled at you, stepped all over you, treated you roughly, put you down, blah, 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 your heart's wounded. And you need the Lord to touch you. You need the Lord to heal you. Dads, be careful. Deliverance from shame. Anybody got any shame on them? This is the great enemies. You know my reproach, my shame, and my dishonor. My adversaries are all before you, accusing you, accusing us to God. Reproach has broken my heart, and I'm full of heaviness. I looked for someone to take pity, but there was none. And for comforters, but I found none. Shame is the feelings you have that you have done something wrong, and you feel condemned about it. Anybody got any shame on them today? Probably. And see, the thing about shame is a great controller. It's a great inhibitor of being real. Right? It's what creates religion. It feeds religion because you feel like you've got to hide something. So you act like a fake instead of being real. Instead of bringing your stuff out. Confess your sins to one another, the Bible says. And the Lord will heal you. Renouncing the sense of failure. This is wonderful. Uh, I opened for my beloved, but my beloved had turned away and was gone. My heart leaped up. When he spoke, I sought him, but I could not find him. I called him, but he gave me no answer. There's a voice telling us we have failed the Lord. Anybody heard that voice? There's a voice telling you that you failed your, your spouse. There's a voice telling you that you failed your friends. There's a voice you know, speaking those things to us. And what the results are, people pleasers, okay, it, it, it results in that you can never please the Lord anyway or anybody. You feel that I can never please Him. And it creates a performance mentality which ultimately destroys you. That's where it comes from, a sense of failure in your life. And you may have failed the Lord. You may have failed everybody. But the Lord wants to deliver you from that. Renouncing the feeling that you are in some way inferior. Anybody got any inferiority complexes? You know, the worst king, one of the worst kings that Israel had, their first king, he was so inferior, had that complex on him, it ruined him. If I say to corruption, you are my father, and to the worm, you are my mother and sister. Now, there's a guy who's got a complex. <laughs> His mom was a worm. <laughs> His sister's a worm. Where then is my hope as for my hope who can see it? You never feel like you measure up? You're never good enough? You feel ugly this morning? When you look in the mirror, do you feel ugly? Do you feel like you're physically or spiritually or financially less than other people? I mean, this is real stuff here. Do you feel that stuff? There's a, a sense of being inferior. And this is what you need, a revelation. I, this, what are the, 
Paul was praying, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints? You know what that is? His inheritance in the saints, it's you. And what we need is a revelation of how valuable we are to God. That cures that inferiority complex. It's when we get, begin to get a revelation of how much God values us and that we see ourselves as God's inheritance on this earth. That's what that means, His inheritance. Are you all with me? Anybody have any fear? Come on, man. We want to get healed. All right. We want to get rid of bitterness. We want to renounce bitterness. Hebrews 12. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by this many become defiled. You can tell a bitter person. They talk bitter. Their bitterness touches you. Their actions are bitter. I mean, it's just, I don't even like to be around them. And I've been one of them. All right, renouncing the effects of curses. Luke 6, 28. Bless those who curse you. Many have grown up being told such things, you will always be a failure. You're stupid. You're ugly. Be ashamed of yourself. Okay? Those are curses. And what happens, we act those things out in our life. And every time we fail, we hear that old same old voice saying, yeah, I told you so. Anybody relate to that? Anybody relate to that? I told you so. You're, going, you're a fair thing. You know, you'll never make it. And what happens is some of us spend our lives trying to prove that thing wrong. That's, that's the other extreme. I'm going fast through these, I know. Renouncing our tendency to find fault or be critical. Matthew 7, 3 through 5. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, a plank is in your eye your own eye. Hypocrite! Explanation point. Here's, here's the way it really was when Jesus was saying it. Hypocrite! Hypocrite. We know Jesus wouldn't talk like that. First remove the plank from your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So when we tend to look for the little wrong in a person seeing the much right. That's hypocritical. We do that. Renouncing the fear of man. Anybody got the fear of the man operating on this morning? The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be saved. If your reputation is such a great concern, then you have the fear of man on you. If you're afraid of what people will think or do or say to you, then you have the fear of man operating on you. And God wants us to renounce that because it's a snare. Renouncing infatuations with people. Oh, gosh. Second Samuel 14. Now, in all of Israel, there was no one who was praised as much as Absalom for his good looks. From the sole of his foot to the crown of his head, there was no blemish in him. That's old Absalom. Guess what he did? So Absalom stole the heart of the men of Israel. You know what happened to Absalom all those men who followed him? Rascal found up hung up in a tree. You know, he had such beautiful hair, it got him hung in a tree, and then somebody came by and took him out. Getting involved with people according to their outward appearance and apparent talents can lead us away from God. No, stop that. Don't, uh, here, get out of that relationship that you're in. It doesn't have to be somebody spiritual. Just get out of that relationship that you're in that you know that God's telling you to get out of. But just because, I wish I'd have wrote the verse down. It says, Absalom died. And if you're in a relationship that God does not want you in, something's going to die. You hear me? Get out of it. Renounce it. I'm not getting in these relationships that God doesn't want me in just because I'm attracted to that person. 
This is the last one I wrote down. I kept this one for last. was relief from guilt. James 2.10. For whoever shall keep the whole law. That's what brings guilt on you is you're legalistic. And yet stumble on one point is guilty of all. See, if you're trying to follow the law in your heart to do, you know, to do goods, you're going to be guilty. Christ, it says, has redeemed us from the curse of the law, has become a curse for us. So the antidote for guilt is grace, not the do-betters. Because what happens, we get in this spiral, we mess up, we try to do better, and we can't. We mess up, we try to do better, and we can't. It's not the do-betters. Are you all with me this morning? Now, I guess I shared all that with you for a purpose. Turn that thing off, Drew. <laughs> is I feel like God really is trying to help us. And all these things, these are, these are, there are 17 things there. Uh, maybe one applies to you. Maybe there's, there's some things I didn't put on there I could have, but I can't stay here all day reading, reading lists. And I told you, I never came in here to try to preach to you. I really tried to come in here to offer you an invitation about these things in your life. You know, I wish I could just, and I would be bad to do it and I can't do it, say names to people and say stuff like this. I know you've been hurt, and I know you've been rejected, but God is offering you an invitation this morning for your hurt and your rejection to be healed. Okay? I know you're in a wrong relationship this morning with somebody, but God is offering you an invitation to be healed. You hear what I'm saying to you? I know you suffer from guilt this morning, but God's offering you an invitation to be healed. I know you're critical you're, you're pointing, you, you point the finger a lot, but God's offering you an invitation to be healed. I know you have shame in your life, and you have hidden things in your life that you're afraid people are going to find out about, because you think if people found out about it, you'd be judged and ostracized. But God is offering you an invitation to be healed this morning. You hear what I'm saying to you? I know you have unforgiveness in your life. If somebody has hurt you and you have not been able to forgive them, but God is offering you an invitation this morning to be healed. You understand what I'm saying to you? God is saying, and I believe from the bottom of my heart, He's saying there's an open door. I want to do a new thing. There's, there's something I want to do that I haven't done before. And all I'm asking you to do is respond to me. It ain't I'm going to slam the door on you. I'm just saying, if you will respond in faith, because you see, our wounds keep us out. Our wounds keep us despondent. Our wounds keep us distracted. They keep us down. And God is offering Himself and saying, if you will make a step towards me, I will grab a hold of you. And I will set your heart on fire again. I will heal your heart. I will get rid of the compromise in your heart. It's not that God's saying, I want to, I'm going to leave you and you're going to be left out. Don't believe that lie. And I believe, you know, the Lord really is trying to reach out to us. And I believe the Lord really is saying there's a new day coming spiritually. And that's what's on the other side of that door. But see, for us to walk into that new day, we need some healing. We really do. Amen? And that's why God did all He did this morning. He did the altar call before the message. The message was just an afterthought. And, you know, here's something you could do. You could ask Brian, Brian Summers to send you a copy of that message. And that's what I've been doing. See, what I've been doing in my life, I'm, I'm sharing stuff out of my life because God began to heal me. 
It's when I begin to pray about unforgiveness and ask the Lord to help me. When I begin to pray, you know, about having bitterness in my life. You know, because I begin to ask the Lord a question. I, I feel like God was saying, Byron, I want to do something new. Yes, Lord, I want you to do. The first thing he started doing was messing with my heart. and started, you know, dealing with my heart. Are you all with me on this? And God's saying that to us. We just make the step. That's all we need to do. Amen. So, amen. Let's stand up. And I'm going to pray. and Let Becky give that scripture. One thing this morning when the Lord was speaking all this to me, um, and I really feel like this may be a word particularly of one particular thing in the heart, is disappointment this morning. I, I really am feeling that strong. And I felt like, for me, the definition of disappointment is unmet expectations. And I just, this morning, felt like the Lord really wants to take that particular thing. Um, I think it's a real wound in our heart where what happens is, is we have these expectations that God doesn't necessarily come through with and meet them. And that's where disappointment really comes. And what that thing really worms its way into us. And it, 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 and it causes grief. And so I really think if that's you, you need to really respond to the Lord this morning. He just wants to take it off. Just deep disappointment on that expectations. And I really felt like the Lord showed me the root of that thing comes from, the Lord's been really teaching me, and Byron both, that one of the greatest things we can do in our life is to keep releasing. See, what really gets us in trouble with each other is when we put expectations on each other and things aren't being met. And so how the Lord's been teaching me is to release. When you don't do what I think you, I think you ought to be doing, the Lord's teaching me to stop and say, they don't really have to do what I think they need to be doing. That's between them and the Lord. It's really not up to me. And the Lord showed me the scripture where, where after Jesus had ascended and they, it was the scenario of where he was in the water and uh, he came back and spoke to Peter, you know, uh, sure and all that. And he told Peter what his life was going to look like 